Well, welcome back everyone to the Arts Insider Podcast. It's me and Mark back in the studio today. So, hey Mark. Hello. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've sat down together to discuss the inside scoop from the Arts Centre, but we've just had our first solo of 2023, the folk solo up in the Birch Green Arts Centre. Mark, just, you know, really overall, how did you feel the event went? Well, it was good to be back uh, doing the solo. I, I think it's an event that we've done so many times before. We've done it what seems like hundreds of times now with so many different themes. And because we've done it so many times, I think that it gives us, uh, it kind of gives us the same results. We always have standout moments, great performances, and the atmosphere is is normally always really good. So I think like most solos, there was there was some really high points, um, and maybe maybe a few sort of um, maybe lower points that we can you know that we can get into today on on, on the podcast. I've been really quite fortunate to experience a lot of those solos since joining in around 2015. There's been all sorts. There's been rock, country, Beatles, and as a student, I always found it really exciting to find out what the solo theme would be. And me and Aaron and Matt and, and Natalie Charles would all discuss the solo themes when they came out. My my question to you is... When did they start having a theme to them, first of all? Did they always have one, or was that something that came about a little bit later? The very, very first one we, we did was was like, um, you can sing whatever you want. The idea being that singing solo is, I think, is up there. I think we read some research about one of the scariest things that you can do, and I think up there is like spiders and snakes, and the other thing mm. is is like public speaking or, or solo performance. And because of that, we, we thought, well, we just need to, to do anything. But then we thought it was such an easy event to stage in terms of the, the format of it is, is really quite simple. We thought we can't keep doing sing what you want because what's going to happen is everybody's going to sing uh, the popular culture songs and it's just going to get a little boring a little quickly. And I also thought that the danger is that people just sing they sing a style of song that that suits their voice or they cop worse still they copycat someone else so by putting different themes in was a case of always changing the challenge and for everybody it's a bit like singing musical theater some sometimes you get a comedy role sometimes you get a villain role sometimes you get a bit of a you know an ensemble role the idea being that if we keep changing the theme we can develop musical theater singers or you know stage performers to be able to to in a way play different characters each time so um so th yeah the themes were always they, they keep it they, they keep it kind of interesting mm -hmm. they keep the challenge really high and i remember like the, the the 60s solo where we ended up seeing a load of different audience members there was a load of uh, older people who came mm. because they simply just loved the 60s and then we did i know we did a um a queen night going back you know a few years now we did a queen night and everyone had to sing a song by freddie mercury and queen and again we we seen people at that event that we actually had never yeah. had never seen before because they came because they loved the music of queen so i feel like that has always that's just become a thing now mm -hmm. but i also don't like the idea that we take away completely 
the choice for, for students. So we always put in, you know, students choice where they can sing whatever they like. Mm. And that gives us an insight, I guess, into, into the, you know, them as a performer. What, yeah. What's your favorite out of interest? What's your, can, have you got a, a favorite, a night where you thought, or maybe a, a night where you thought, oh God, this is so challenging. I, I don't even know. So there is one solo that for me stands out above the rest for the atmosphere, which I think is why it's my favorite. I don't even remember performing in it. I might've done tech for it. And it was the Saturday night of rock solo, which I think Mike would agree if he was here, he would say it was one of his favorites because in my head, it's gone down in sort of arts history as this really standout night where the energy was just insane. The culture around the night in terms of the audience, the students performing, the students who are on tech, the students who are on stage, everyone had each other's backs. Everyone wanted to celebrate each other. Everyone was singing along at the right times. Everyone was on their feet for the majority of the night. And I, I literally remember the final song of the final night and it was Hannah Hill. And she did call me. The whole crowd was electrified by the performance. So I'll always remember that one, I think, as one that really, really stands out for me. I, I, I on that, I, I rock solo, yeah, I, I, probably the one I would remember. <laughs> and I always remember someone saying, um, Badger's arrived, Badger Burrows. Uh, and, <laughs> and, he, and he walked up the path in full on, full drag. Um, high heels and he was doing a, a, a when i well, looked, at the, looked at the run at the running order he was doing um i want to break free by mm -hmm. by freddie mercury yeah. um and that was the night when he got on stage and and, and performed that song with a feather duster in the same way that that, <laughs> that freddie mercury did and it was just this sense of like he he was very much like I'm just letting go here. It, the song is called "I Want to Break Free." He was very much, you know, expressing kind of who who he was, and it was. I think that was the bit that I always say it, he lifted the lid off mm -hmm. off that night. I think it started. It start. I mean, people had had a few bevies. I think yeah, at that point, yeah, yeah. but I think it definitely started when he he did that. And and I remember, yeah, I always remember that call me at the end. It was it was a brilliant uh, a brilliant night, and and. To be honest, and I want to talk a little bit about this today, is it didn't feel like that this weekend. No. There's a big difference, and I, I want to maybe we want to talk a little bit about maybe why that mm -hmm. why that is. Yeah, and I think you know my other my answer to your other part of your question in terms of as a performer, which one has been the hardest is when we have festival solo each year, and we really discourage choosing a musical theatre song as your main choice, you know, because that is that is very much the bag that I enjoy working in or find really natural to work in is musical theatre style songs. So doing something that's much more pop is often a real challenge uh, for me. Yeah, and then students have said to me over the years, and I'm sure your, your cohort as well did exactly the same, is saying, why do we do this? Why this? Yeah. Why that? Why 60s? I don't even know the 60s. Why Elvis? And what they're actually saying in subtext is, why do I have to come out of my comfort zone? Yeah. 
Mark, why do I have to sing a song that is going to challenge me maybe more than the easy ones? Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying in subtext. And for me, it, it's there'll always be themes, I think, mm -hmm. for that reason. And this weekend, obviously, was folk. And folk music has been, you know, for, for me, when we spoke about folk, I think it was like the antithesis of MT. Yeah. It, it was in, in the sense that musical theatre songs tend to be very technically difficult, mm -hmm. um, often have a real story to them in terms of uh, hugely dynamic, so big, big belt notes, big moments in them that, that really draws on that emotion. Whereas folk music, I think, started life very much in poetry and, and mm -hmm. just, you know, you can imagine a little a little country pub in the middle of in the middle of Ireland. This is this is the way I I sort of see it, and someone with a with a uh, a ukulele or a guitar and just just singing a little song that mm -hmm. that, that kind of means something to them. So f f folk was very much we were going to do an Irish night, an Irish being like you can't just do Irish music, mm -hmm. um, but it, it really had this kind of like Celtic vibe. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, let's do folk music. We talked about some of the folk classics. Um, but really the, the point was let's get students you not singing big belty songs doing something that is a lot more about storytelling and something that's a little bit more using different elements of their voice the lower end the the, the you know the sort of slower that was the reason we went mm -hmm. let's do folk because it is going to be a challenge but let's see let's see what comes mm -hmm. out of it in choosing this theme what is the tool or the advantage to their craft that you hope all of the participants and singers from the weekend have taken away? For me, and I can't speak for everyone, but I, I, certainly for me, this was a vehicle for recognising that singing is not just a big belt crescendo. Yeah. When, I talk, when I think about folk music... I think about Blown in the Wind by Bob Dylan. Mm. And Bob Dylan is, a, is an artist that I grew up with. Um, I gravitated towards a very unique sound. But when someone, I mean, who am I to say this? But, but who, when I think about Bob Dylan, I, I don't think of a singer. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't yeah. see him as a, Bob Dylan is a, is a brilliant singer. I don't think he is a brilliant singer. If the metric for brilliant singing is a certain technique and range mm. and so on and so on, like some of the musical theatre performers that we, we know and love. But Bob Dylan is so unique. When you hear Bob Dylan songs, you, you, you doesn't matter who, where you are, you go, that has got to be Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I think that is so, such a unique quality. It was recognising that you, you can be a singer. Mm -hmm. You can t tell a story through music without having a, an insane belt note at the end yeah and i think that was my my point so i'm, I'm interested to hear we wanted to talk a little bit about standouts because mm. this is mm -hmm. for those that don't know and everyone who's listening on the podcast today was at the end of every show <laughs> and because music is so subjective we sit and we talk about what was your top three we always say this and what we mean by top three is who stood out who's the song you'd love to listen to again who is the song which is the student that that really excelled in the genre and that always changes. We always have this conversation. So I thought it'd be good to, to maybe just delve into that. So I'll start with you. Okay, so for me, there's 
such a lovely joy to watching Rosie perform this weekend, Rosie O'Brien. We were just saying before we came on the podcast, she's been with us for about two and a half years as a student. And I think she really epitomizes the idea that you don't just take the one solo as your, your one and done. You go through the process of doing five solos, six solos, seven solos. And over that time, watching someone develop as an artist, as a singer, over the space of two to three years is a big time to evolve and change. I thought Rosie was probably, you know, one of the strongest examples over the weekend of delivering a song that has no big belt moments. It's all about control. She sang Songbird by Eva Cassidy, which ironically I've also heard, I mentioned her earlier, Hannah Hill sing. And so I was thinking, oh, big boots to fill here, mate. And she really does, uh, demonstrated a wonderful mastery of control in a song. Yeah, she she was brilliant, Rosie. Mm-hmm. What about um, you? Who'd be your first person on your list? Okay, so for me, um, again, not sure about order in terms of, but but uh-huh. someone who's, who who immediately after uh, after I heard it, and I think I said it on the mic because I was obviously hosting on that night, was Holly Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah. And, and Holly Hunter, I mean, she's been on such a journey in terms of her performance. You know, she's a fantastic dancer. She's picked up a big lead acting role. But singing, and Holly, uh, Holly she would never mind me saying this, Holly's, if she had to put them in order of, of um, where she, she thinks she's strongest, singing would always be the one that she maybe felt was holding her back a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Last year, she, she did she started to really motor in that. And I think what we found was when we were, when we were comparing Holly Hunter to singers that it's a bit like this whole thing about, you know, judging an elephant on his ability to climb a tree. Mm-hmm. What you, what we did in the exam was Holly Hunter sung a, um, a, a song from in the Heights in this kind mm-hmm. of very, um, Lin-Manuel, um, rapping yeah. style and oh, boom, all of a sudden it clicked. Mm-hmm. And, so with this this genre, she sung a song, uh, You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. And it just really, really fitted. Yeah. Um, but not to take away that that actually it was an easy song to sing. It it, it actually no. wasn't an easy no, song no. to sing. It was quite a technical song to sing, but I just thought it was right in her ballpark. Mm-hmm. And because Holly's got such great stage presence, like she's quite, like, I always think she's just quite cool and chill. Mm-hmm. It just really landed for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I thought, yeah, I thought Holly Hunter was was the one. I thought, oh, you've nailed this, girl. You've absolutely nailed mm-hmm. it. So go on, give me another one. Uh, my next one, it's Corey. Corey Hallam, who sang a song that I've never heard before, Alaska by Maggie Rogers. And there's a bit of a reason why. It's similar to Rosie's in terms of you look at someone's development and how they grow and evolve. But Rosie's example is over the course of a couple of years, Corey's is over the course of a week, because on Monday I watched Corey deliver the song, and, you know, what I said to her essentially, in a nutshell, was it feels a bit underbaked. You've got your phone on stage with you, that means you can't do much with your body language. And I said this in front of people in the room, so she won't mind me, I hope, saying it on the podcast, is... You're, you can do more with that. You can be much better in a rehearsal than that because I've seen you do that before. And then afterwards, we had a bit of a conversation about what stuff in terms of the body language, the physicality, could she do in this performance? Because although she's singing a song, it's a performance. And what I saw on stage was all of those things applied. And as a result, the brilliant voice that she was always going to have was 
massively backed up and enhanced by the performance that she was given. I think she really maturely demonstrated the example of you get given feedback for a reason, not to knock you down, not to not to make you feel like you can't you're not capable, but because there's some really clear stuff that can make what you're doing even better. And she took that on the chin and she applied the feedback. And as a result, I thought it was a great performance. Yeah. And I, I the second night, I, I, the first night I didn't, under, I didn't, uh, never heard it. The second night, I, I really took notice of that, I think, with her. Mm. Okay. So my second one is, is someone who I thought at the start, when I said folk solo, if, if you'd have asked me for one name and said, okay, give me one name who's going to represent the center to do folk solo, even never heard the song, mine would be Ava. Mm-hmm. Ava Phillips because yeah. I think Ava she has I think she has a very folky voice mm-hmm. I don't know I, I, I don't know why I say that but I just think she she has a lot of story I don't know it's hard yeah. to it's hard to even put into words but uh, she sung a song called Blue by Joni Mitchell and it was just so like on the money mm-hmm. it was controlled yeah. composed um, if I'd have closed my eyes it's like she she'd been singing for thirty years. Yeah. That that's that's mm-hmm. what I got from it. It was like this kid's like thirteen, fourteen, and it mm-hmm. was like, what the hell? Like, this is just out of this world. So, yeah, and uh, you know, brilliant. Uh, so that would be my number two, Ava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. Who's well, your my last one? one? My last one singing somewhere over the rainbow with a phenomenal phenomenal rendition of it was Lexi Kale. Mm-hmm. What was really nice as well, I think, to point out is you got to see such a brilliant contrast because you also saw Lily earlier in the in earlier in the event at the start of her journey on solos and as a singer because she's she's itty bitty she's one of our youngest juniors sing the same song and do what a wonderful version of it and then you got to hear Lexi do this really beautifully mature version of the song again demonstrating mastery of the voice in terms of knowing that the song doesn't require a big belt moment it requires moments of light and shade and certainly moments of power but it was a really thorough and thought out performance i think she really wonderfully represents the musical student of the year title that she currently holds by presenting as i say an absolute masterclass of a song on on both nights she she is that kid though Lexi who, who, I don't know what kind of a singer she actually is. Like, is mm-hmm. she a, is she a she could be a folk singer. She could be a, yeah. a pop singer, a rock yeah. singer, jazz singer, a musical theatre star. She can, and I think when you're good, you know, you you are a really good singer. Like, you, that's what you what you do. Mm-hmm. And what I love about about Lexi and Ava to a degree is they they both wear they have this ability to wear their this heart and soul on the outside yeah and that is such a gift like if you can do that if you're vulnerable enough and safe enough to do that then then you 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 can mm-hmm. um my, my last one um was someone who did the same but such a surprise to me not a surprise in the sense of i didn't think she could it's just i've never seen it yeah and that was our our one of our newest performers um was zara win stanley mm-hmm. so zara for context is as you know, because you've just cast her in as Oakin. Oh, big summer blood! <laughs> you know, big, you, big, barely uh, Swedish man. Yeah, and 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 she's mad. She's like she's bonkers. Like in the session, good fun, always 
acting around, uh, acting the ghost, as me nan used to call it. And and the, so you, you'd expect her to sing it solo, and then she's like, oh, Zara's doing it on the piano. Oh, <laughs> oh Zara's doing, uh, you, you know, she's going to sing a sound of, sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> and so in my head, I'm thinking, she's going to do it like Oaken. It's going to be like some mess around version of yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. And then, and then she just she sits at the piano, like this old kind of bluesy mm -hmm. kind of. Oh, it was unbelievable, um, and not just the fact that oh, I, you know, I've stopped being, I've stopped being super impressed by people who can sing and play the piano because I've been blessed to be in this job and, and see that quite often. But the, the quality of the voice and the story yeah. and the composure and the ah, oh, she was just, she was just brilliant. So. I, I love Sarah. I think she's a she's a great addition to our she's such good energy. Yeah, to our our group, um, and to see her just do that was just fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, and I would have one final shout out uh, to to Andy Hunter, who who was who was obviously a dad who we know and we've known for quite a while. His daughter Isla very involved, and he got up. Um, and he performed in the same way Jamie Mooney did five yeah. years ago, mm -hmm. uh, and he was really, really good as well, wasn't he? He was, really, he was actually he was really so good. good. Um, so big up to Andy. Before before we we, we sort of move on, I, I I wanted to ask you a question actually because mm. one of my favourite performances tonight, if not my favourite, but I, I kind of discounted you because you you're now an adult, unfortunately. Fair, fair. Hang on, Andy Hunter's just got. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, one of my favourite performances tonight was yours, mm. and the reason it was it was is because over the years solo has been a place where people have shared with the audience some some quite impersonal stuff mm -hmm. they've sung songs that mean an awful lot to them mm -hmm. and and i've always felt really privileged to be in the room in that moment which is so live and raw mm -hmm. um and you decided to do that exactly that, and I didn't. I mean, we talk very often about about all sorts, but I didn't have a clue a what you were singing and b why you were singing it. Mm -hmm. How did how did that feel to to do that? Um, and would you have done that anywhere other than here? Tell us a little bit about or those that didn't see what what the song was and why you did it. To contextualise as much as necessary, essentially, um, the song that I chose to sing by a singer that I absolutely love, who I said was Irish on the night, and uh, Che Punetti has pointed out to me that he's a Scottish-Australian, which explains the accent quite clearly. Um, but it was a song by um, Colin Hay called Waiting for My Real Life to Begin. And I sang it because recently it's been a song that I've been listening to quite a lot because uh, a few weeks ago my nan passed away, and in the process of that happening she kind of she entered hospital in a way that was pretty clear that the likelihood of her leaving was very very low but also as a result of that the conditions that she was in meant that she was not able to communicate with us in any real way shape or form and so for some reason the song kind of popped up in my head and i thought and i listened to it a lot and the kind of lyrics in it the idea of a kind of uh, contentment provided me with a lot of comfort unfortunately it was also a folk song so it nicely aligned i think the reason why i wanted to sing it at the weekend was because 
there is for any performer who's going to look to do these solos these events there is always something to get out of them i wanted to to express all the stuff that i that i felt like at the time i, I was worth expressing but I didn't necessarily want to do that with having 20 different deep, meaningful chats. That's not where I was at, and it's not where I'm at. And so it presented an opportunity to to actually make this song, this solo about not losing sleep over, is it the most technically well-placed song for, for my voice or things like that, but it was actually, can I embrace the the spirit of, of what I think folk music is, which is the emotion and the story and sharing that moment with an audience. That was why I chose to do it for this event. And would I do it at another... I wouldn't do it at another venue and I wouldn't do it in Central and I wouldn't do it in those places because I think I was deliberately doing it here because there's a sense of community that I wanted to share that experience with. And I feel that like... that. Yeah, so when I watched you do that, I had this... I had this firstly, I was, I was inspired by the actual strength of doing that, I think is, is one thing. But I also just think that... That's what these nights, over the years, when I think about it, th there's been special moments. Mm -hmm. And on the night, you had some of the names we've just mentioned. There was many others. Like you were saying about little Lily Rossick singing for the first time mm. and, uh, and and like Andy. And, and then you you decide to share what, what for me was, was like a really, it was like opening your diary on mm. a page that nobody has read. Mm -hmm. And it was like a re, I felt really, really, on the edge of my seat because I thought this is so this is so personal, mm. and we've had conversations um, about about you know the stuff around your nan and stuff, and it's been like these are really really private things, and you're trying to work through them, and then all here you were in a room full of people sharing this this song and this story, which really brought me to the at the end of the night I, I was left feeling a little bit deflated. Mm -hmm. by the whole event mm -hmm. and I, I mentioned i mentioned this to you yeah, and i mentioned yeah, yeah. it to a few other people and the reason i felt so deflated i didn't have that sense of like tonight has been amazing i, I was like tonight has been amazing but mm -hmm. and there was a but and the but was we share these like i'll use yours as the example it was it was such a one-off and such a unique moment and people have now, they now have a choice. They either mm -hmm. watch these, these really, you know, these great moments or they, they, they talk to people on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that I, I remember putting something on social media saying that, and someone asked someone to inbox me asking me what was going on. And I said that, I think that the word I use was that mobile phones are draining the life out of live theater. Yeah. And what you presented and, and what the guys presented on stage is real life moments, mm. live moments that are full of trepidation, things that mm -hmm. could go wrong, personal thoughts, emotion, love, you name it. Like they're all in those performances mm. and people are choosing to check their phone instead yeah. yeah yeah and it it was sad it was so sad mm -hmm. it was so sad you know and i i you were hosting obviously when andy yeah, hunter yeah, performed yeah. and i i went to the back of the room because i, I was trying to get a chapter one we were trying to get a chapter one for him um and i went to the back of the room to see if mike had got it and andy was up on stage and you'd give him this big intro and he was up on stage and it was it was a don't just think because he's a dad it's, it's not yeah. a big moment it was huge yeah and 
he's up there and he's putting his he's putting everything on the line. And when I looked around, first year our, our own students, half of them were on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I, I I thought, wow, like we we've become the society's becoming a thing where the one-off, the the unique yeah. and the and the special moments are being missed. So why we check our Snapchat or we we, we check our WhatsApp or mm-hmm. our TikTok, and it's so it's so sad. Mm-hmm. And I as as a as a theatre director and a producer and an actor and a, a writer and a I think that the biggest challenge and and the biggest um, we're, we're now competing mm-hmm. with with people for people's attention. Yeah, in an event where they have gone and paid or they've gone to be part of, and I I just I just can't. Yeah, that it's such a. That's why I felt at the end of it. I thought I felt I just felt deflated. Yeah, and you know what? Like like you know, quite frankly. If audiences, if our solo audience keeps on audiencing the way that some of our audience do, by next year, I'd not even entertain doing the solo. So what I could see on the stage was, so I could see Caitlin, because she's in the front row. I can see Joanne. I can see your face if you're on the front row or the front table quite clearly. So I can see Caitlin and she's watching. I can see Nick. She's on a chair. I can see Mel. I can see Joanne. If I look to me over side, I can start to see like Nicola O'Brien. They're all watching. And so I feel like I'm in the moment with them. I, I was mindful not to look too far back into the back crowd. Because as annoying and as sad and, and irritating as it is to say, my odds on would have been, there's a risk here that the further back you get, less likely that user watching because if you go through the rest of the night there's an element of well you aren't watching him you aren't watching air so how do i know you're watching me yeah but that starts to creep into your head doesn't it absolutely i i i I can't tell you who was watching you and wasn't because i was watching you Mm -hmm. i was just so involved in in that conversation in in your personal story as I was when, like, I felt for Lily Ross standing on a step you know i I felt for Mm -hmm. i felt for even the great singers, like, you know, so many of the, the kids that, that and the adults that got on stage, they're putting themselves out there. And I believe that for, for if, we're, if we're paying to go or we're, or we're choosing to go to an event mm-hmm. for, for three hours, then go and be at that event yeah. in, your, in your, you will enjoy it more as a, as a participant, uh, mm-hmm. as a spectator, you will you will sense it more. You'll feel it. You'll smell it. You'll, yeah, you, yeah. you'll, you, all of the things that you'll get from that. And boy, will the people who who are performing, they will feel mm-hmm. your presence more when well, when, when they have your attention. That's the big thing for me. Is you know what it's not is TV or film where you can be you can be on your phone whilst you're watching a movie and the actor is not going to realise they aren't going to know. That can't if impact the film now, but actually, some form of live performance, you're giving your attention and the performer giving it back to you. That kind of dialogue that's sort of happening makes or breaks the performance. And the the you know we talk about atmosphere sometimes in a really vague way, but to be really specific, if atmosphere we're talking here as as people giving the attention to the right things 
on the night so that the performances are good. The place to not give your attention when anyone's singing someone with one chapter with 50 chapters or somewhere in between is to your phone. Yeah, like, that's a thing. But it, but it is a thing, unfortunately. And I, and I think that, you know, that's why my, my point was quite, was like, I, I feel like it was draining the life out of mm -hmm. it. Because if we don't have an audience at that event, and I don't mean a person sat in a, in a seat. No. I mean an audience that is, that is present, present yeah. and is listening and, and is really rooting for you and is clapping along and... And I think that when you talked about rock solo, mm -hmm. not too long ago in, in, in grand scheme of things, maybe maybe four years ago, mm -hmm. five years ago, I don't think that anyone was on the phone that night. Uh, no, not. And I think no. that's what made the atmosphere. You know, and, and I'm, you know, we're all we're all guilty of it as well. Yeah, we're all yeah, guilty yeah. at times of letting our phones dictate how we feel, mm -hmm. you know, what we do with our time. But I think we've got to, we, if we're not careful, performance, you, you're not getting out of it. You, as I, as I say, you're not getting anything out of it. And the performer starts yeah. to realise that no one's listening. Yeah. So what is the point? Absolutely. And, and I do worry that solo, if we're not careful, as much as it's been, because I said, like, is it the format? Is it is no, it is it the fact no. that it was folk music? Hang on a minute. I've 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 been in pubs in yeah, in Ireland exactly. and, and Scotland and mm -hmm. London, Liverpool. Mm -hmm. We're absolutely bouncing. Yeah. So it ain't that. Mm -hmm. I think it's to do with with people's attention and where we're splitting it now mm -hmm. between between the art centre room and someone's Snapchat story. Yeah. And and it's so it's so corrosive, I just mm -hmm. think that we, as I say, if we're not careful, live events and 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 theatre like ours, it's just going to be it's just going to be a thing of the past. Uh, yeah, and and this is you know I completely agree, and this is me, me thing I was saying a minute ago of if if the the way in which the audience tries to audience continues in the way it, there was elements of of this weekend in that I'm kind of here but I'm not really I'm on my phone or I'm checking this or I'm checking that then. This time next year, if that was the case and that was to continue to happen, I don't think at all I'd be willing to bear a bit of my soul. And and as one of the people, you as well as one of the others, who are asking performers to put themselves on in a vulnerable position where they're being judged by an audience, because that is inevitably what it is, I wouldn't be encouraging it. I don't know. I don't think you would. It would be much easier to go. We'll we'll just find something else to do, and the audiences can can get gone. Well, I think I think from my perspective, I, I it didn't really happen this weekend too much. But over the years, I have I have said to people, look, I want you to get on stage because yeah. I know them. I know it's going to be great for them. Yeah. But they are really looking at me in the eye with this fear and and this trust of mm -hmm. Mark Marcus said that this is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting them on the stage and I'm giving them that opportunity. But I think if they knew that that people would just rather speak to the the you know, I remember they wouldn't do it. They no, just wouldn't do it. No. And then they'd be looking at me thinking, you said this was going to be okay. And actually it's terrible. Exactly. And how good, I mean, I've never, you know, when I look around, I always remember when you, like you performed and you'll know this. Mm -hmm. And we had a little bit of that. I think when Jamie, Jamie sung a uh, little lion man yeah, by a month and the sons. And it was a great, it's a great song. Let's be honest. But, and he's Jay's a great singer, but 
Why don't we look to the back of the room this weekend, as we have in every solo oh, for the last course. 10 years, it, and everyone's up dancing mm -hmm. and everyone's mm -hmm. like waving their phones in the air, the torches, shall we say, not their phones, mm -hmm. but the torches in the air, and everyone's, there's nothing better than that. No, it's, there's it's not, the, the room the is best. bouncing, yeah, no. and I look at the parents then, I look at the parents, and the parents, sometimes, they're looking to the back of the room, mm -hmm. and that's fine, yeah. that's yeah, fine, yeah. because there's this sense of, wow, what a what an what an what an evening! Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember like two people came to me this weekend, and they were the two newbies, mm -hmm. two newbie people who've never been to a solo before, and they were like, "What an amazing event! What an opportunity for these kids! How professional! What an atmosphere!" Mm -hmm. And I, part of me wanted to say to them, "You haven't seen anything yet, yeah, because yeah. this is this is not our normal." And the only thing, as I say, the personnel is the same. The, the format is the same. The big difference these days is is people's addiction to mobile phones. And I don't I don't at all buy into the idea that someone can turn around and say, Oh well, I need to, you know, I need to just keep checking on this, you know, just blah blah blah. My my thing would be, have you ever gone to a movie? So so you're saying you've never gone to the cinema in your life, because you definitely have. I'd say everyone who's come to one of these solos. You've you've gone to the cinema, haven't you? Right? You don't go on your phone. There's two hours there where you're off your phone. You do not go on it. Or or you get kicked out if you're on your phone in the cinema. That's what'll end up happening. With this, you have an interval in the middle. By all means, do what you're gonna do then. There's an after party at the end. By all means, be on your phone then. But if and, and I'm not talking about the stuff that isn't in the main. I'm not talking about Oh, I've got this emergency going on and I need to be able to keep checking my phone because I'm on call, blah, blah, blah. That is not what I'm referring to here. My thing is, personally and bluntly, if you can't sit and watch live performance for two hours with a break in the middle, you can't manage to do that without being on your phone. You're rude. Or just don't go. Yeah, yeah just don't yeah. go. If you can't do it, don't go. But but I, I think that this this now is 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 a new challenge. It's not COVID. Mm -hmm. It's not um, it's not uh, anything else. It is a new challenge that that as artists and as as directors and producers, we are now competing with the unseen. Mm -hmm. um, and and as I say, we've got to be mindful. And and we've we've got to we've had a big discussion yeah. today about it. We we need to think about about how best to protect the integrity of live. Mm -hmm. performance i think what we're both we are very pro creating the best environment for young people to thrive in and it is not an audience full of phones yeah and I, absolutely so when i'm i'm documenting an event so I, like i want to capture this for you i want to get you some some footage and we've got yeah. photographers and because we're going to get that for you because we're mm -hmm. mindful that you, people want to see that they mm -hmm. want to they want it like a little momentum of uh, momentum of the event, mm -hmm. but yeah, for 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 audience and for cast, if you want to get the most out of it, then you need to be fully present at all times. Yeah. And if you can't be, then then choose a different mm -hmm. thing to go and do. You know, go and yeah, go fishing and and play on your phone while you're waiting for your float to float to drop or whatever. Do do something else, mm -hmm. but. On a on a lighter note, and to wrap up, what yeah. what what is? We've got another event. Uh, the next solo is vintage. Tell tell everyone what what we mean by vintage. 
So vintage is for us any musical performance that comes before 1963. Now talk us through why that is the parameter for this solo. Okay, so vintage solo. Actually, the, the definition of anything vintage apparently is more than 50 years old. But what we what we realized then would be we would be into 1973. Mm -hmm. And we've already done a 60s solo. And because 60s was so incredible for music, yeah. we felt like we might end up having another repeat of the 60s. Mm -hmm. So we made it 60 years old. And the reason for it is you can sing MT, mm -hmm. you can sing soul, you can sing Motown, you can sing yeah. pop or jazz. You can sing anything. There's no parameter on that. It's no. just a date. And what I love about the idea of, of 1960, uh, a vintage solo is all of our students, mm -hmm. you included, no one has, um, you weren't around in them times. No. So in order for you to understand them times better, you have to have a conversation with people in your family, mm -hmm. people, your friends, your, your friends, family who can talk about their love of, the 1950s, mm -hmm. the 1960s, and the, the idea that, that you know, let, let me take Ava, who I've mentioned today, or Alexi, yeah. or Holly, whoever, pick up a song and churn out a remake of a, of a, of mm -hmm. a nine, I mean, I love like Buddy Holly and people like that. The, the thought of like a, a Leighton or a, or a Kyle or a, a Dylan or someone singing a Buddy Holly song mm -hmm. and them not knowing who Buddy Holly is or Dylan probably does, but probably. you know, but but those guys doing a Buddy Holly song and making what a song that I love from, mm -hmm. from 1950s now relevant in 2023 yeah. is 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 amazing. So mm -hmm. yeah, so it's it's gonna be I'm so excited about that. And obviously we've got Rachel who's involved in it, who is a massive throwback to oh, to a, a bygone time. Absolutely. So amazing to have her involved and hosting that event. But yeah, I, I just think I can't wait for the singers that we we know and love in the centre. What are they? What mm -hmm. artists are they gonna do? Yeah. Um, but it's really about about yeah them understanding that music is has been a thing for many many years, mm -hmm. and there is some amazing amazing artists and songs that were long before even their parents were born mm -hmm. um, and i think that's a really nice conversation to have yeah i'm really fascinated to see some of the up holland faces that we haven't yet seen in a solo take to that stage for the first time and see what new surprises similar to zara what new and pleasant surprises we get to see at that event i i always go into solos with a sense of who is gonna who is gonna be that that standout new yeah. newbie who 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 is like an old face a bit like holly hunter who's sung a lot of solos who's just gonna nail one mm. do you know what i mean I, I i'm so interested in in that and i think we need to somehow yeah bring back that rock mm. solo vibe where yeah. where the whole room was just electric and mm. and and present yeah well mark i'll see you next time and for everyone listening we'll see you soon See you soon.